In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our text is taken from Proverbs 25, verses 21 and 22. If your enemy is hungry, give him bread to eat, and if he is thirsty, give him water to drink. For you will heap burning coals on his head, and the Lord will reward you. This is our text. Giving creates relationships. That is why the giving of presents is so important when in-laws meet for the first time, when heads of state arrange a dinner, or when seeing your grandson once a year. It is also why you should not accept gifts from a stranger, and why a young woman should not accept gifts from a young man without seeing the expectations that are attached. Typically, enemies would not accept a gift from you. It might be a trick. As in the fabled war with Troy, the Greeks left the gift of a wooden horse which concealed soldiers ready to open Troy's gates to her enemies. Hence the saying, beware of Greeks bearing gifts. Our text today speaks of giving your enemy bread if he is hungry, water if he is thirsty, such a man desperate enough to take bread from his enemy will be humiliated. As the text says, you will heap burning coals on his head. Many people would not accept bread under those conditions, preferring to starve than to acknowledge dependence on the kindness of enemies. But our text speaks to a deeper wisdom than merely humiliating an enemy. Will the Lord reward us for humiliating someone dependent on us? No. But returning good for evil, giving to those who hate us, is often what God himself does. Blessed are we if we can bless others as God does. In the first place, according to this text, we are to concern ourselves with the needs of our enemies. You know, we tend to think about our own needs, but we neglect the needs of others. We may not even think of others in that respect. So preoccupied are we with our own appetites, desires, and needs. Or we project our own needs onto them. That's one reason why men and women don't get along in marriage sometimes. He thinks that she wants what he wants. She thinks that he wants what she wants. So when he's upset, she talks to him because that's what she would want. When she's upset, he gives her lots of room to be by herself because that's what he would want. And so, failing to consider the needs of others, we project our own needs onto them. But God challenges us to consider the need of others, including the needs of our enemies. Bread and water in our text, these are the necessities of life. What necessities does your enemy need? Is his income threatened? Sometimes we're involved in things that might threaten someone's income and that may explain why they are our enemy. 
Is our enemy's relationships threatened? Sometimes the way we interact seems threatening to some of his relationships. Is our enemy's self-esteem threatened? Unintentionally, we may make others envious, which is a kind of self-hatred. What are the necessities that our enemy needs? You know, when we were yet enemies of God, he gave his only son to die for us. He gave his son to die for our need. We needed to be reconciled to the Father, to have our sins atoned. And Christ did so. He came not to be a bread king, to fill our bellies. For those with full bellies die as surely as those with empty bellies. Christ instead came as the giver of eternal life. That was our need. He knew our need better than we knew it ourselves. And, know it or not, Christ is what all men need, even our enemies. So give to your enemies what they need. If they have sinned against you, forgive them. Give them the forgiveness they need, even as Christ did. For when his enemies nailed him to the cross, he prayed, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. If your enemies are hurting you, pray for them, forgive them. Don't wait for them to ask for forgiveness because they probably know not what they do. If your enemies don't trust their intentions, speak truthfully and act in a trustworthy manner. He who is the way, the truth, and the life speaks God's truth to us. He acted in a way in which we could put our trust and our faith in Him. We can extend the same toward our enemies. Now some of us have enemies because we have sinned. If you have sinned or even offended against them without sinning, apologize sincerely and make it right. Remember Christ in the garden. One of his well-meaning followers stepped up with a sword and cut off the ear of Malchus, a servant of the high priest. And although Christ had not committed that crime, one of his followers had. He stepped forward and healed the man's ear. He made it right. What can you and I do to make right where we or someone with us has offended now, sometimes you have enemies because they oppose something that you must do. Well, do your job without malice or prejudice. Understand their anger, their opposition. Forgive. And if possible, a word of encouragement or forgiveness may be possible. And in all cases, pray for your enemies as did Christ. Look out for opportunities to do them good. Jesus himself tells us, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. When you show decency to your enemies, when you do good and return good for evil, then you are truly reflecting 
the Son of God, who returned good to us sinners who had done him evil. And our text says that enemies will respond with pain to your kindness. It is like heaping burning coals on his head. Now, there are two reasons or two ways in which an enemy may respond. Those confirmed in evil will feel humiliation and they will hate you all the more. They will lie about you, about your motives. They will claim that you're trying to trick them, that you're a big hypocrite, that you're self-righteous. Make no mistake about it. There is risk in doing good. Hence the cynical little proverb, no good deed goes unpunished. We need to have eyes open in this wicked and sinful world. People often return evil for good. Be prepared for it. Don't let it dissuade you from doing what is good. Blessed are you when persecuted for doing what is right. As I say, some enemies are confirmed in evil. They will return evil for your good. Some, like Judas Iscariot, will fill with self-loathing, leading to self-destruction and the destruction of anyone else who casts their lot in with him. Don't overlook the reality of evil in the world. But others will feel pain for a different reason. Other enemies will of yours will endure the ordeal of change as they rethink their opinion of you. For when you give them what they need, when you feed your hungry enemy or, or give drink to your thirsty enemy, then they will acknowledge that you are better than they. When you have gone out of your way to return good for evil, then they will regret having hurt you or opposed you. In a word, they will repent and have a new relationship with you. That's the power of God. Through your work of forgiveness, your feeding an enemy, your giving him drink. And this is how our God chooses to deal with us. Countless times in our lives, he has returned good for evil to us. And we have mistaken it as a sign to sin more. We have mistaken it as a sign of God's weakness rather than of His grace and strength. Only when confronted with our sin and the consciousness of our need do we come to terms with Christ who calls us to repentance unto life. To all of you estranged from God and secretly enemies of His will, I say, receive the bread of life which Jesus holds out for you. Come to Jesus who offers the living water. Only He can satisfy your thirst for righteousness and for eternal life. You who hunger and thirst for life, lasting life, come to him who prays for his enemies and dies for sinners. For he has given you the invitation. And you are invited to walk in his footsteps. If your enemy is hungry, give him bread to eat. If he is thirsty, give him water to drink. 
or you will heap burning coals on his head and the Lord will reward you. No greater gift can we give to our enemies than Christ the bread of life, than Christ the living water, who gives eternal life and the Lord's reward. May that peace of God that surpasses understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.